Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre owned inventory, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Great time to deal. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. The legendary Bill Hillgrove in a moment. First of all, our play-by-play call of the day. Hunter Renfro does it all at Fenway. Fly ball. That one headed for the alley. Santana with a dive. He can't get it. It rolls behind him. Renfro backs him up. Wendell's heading for third. Here's the throw, the tag, it's out, him and the ball game is over. Are you kidding me? Red Sox win it. Oh my goodness. Wendell out at third base. Put a Renfro homer to two-run homer in the eighth inning to put the Red Sox in front two to one. That was his second outfield assist of the game. He is one of only six players in the history of the Red Sox, by the way, to have 25 home runs and 16 or more assists in the season as an outfielder. That's impressive. Very much so. Uh, all right. The Steelers will open up on Saturday or Sunday when they take on the Buffalo Bills. With us is the legendary voice, and he has earned that title through one great performance after another. That is Bill Hillgrove. Bill, welcome. Great to have you with us. It'll be a sad day, Steve. Uh, uh, there's a great tribute that... Bill, I want to start uh, out with uh, uh, Tunch Ilkin, obviously. Uh, and, you know, Jack Ham and I were sitting in the booth at... Uh, in Madison, and right before the game, Jack got the word that Tunch had passed away. Obviously, that had to hit you hard. We were shocked at how quickly it happened. What was your reaction? Well, uh, yeah, we were told uh, at the Charlotte airport uh, after the Carolina preseason game that he had taken an upturn. Uh, but the devastation of that disease is that things, you know, don't. It 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 it. The upturn did not last. It 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 was just it was devastating, and I know you know after you let the smoke clear and let the emotions flow away, he's in a better place. Uh, that that disease is terrible, and I you know I I I feel so bad for his family, but you know what a great memorial service there was on. Uh, you know, on Tuesday, it was it was really it captured Tunch as well as anybody could capture him, and 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 his calling card: an overachiever, an overachiever on the football field, an overachiever in life. And you can't really say much more uh, than that. I think it's well said. Well said. 
All right, so let's get to the opener now with Buffalo coming up. Uh, obviously, it, the season gets rolling here with Tampa Bay and Dallas. When you looked at, let's talk about T.J. Watt. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about his contract. There's no need for you and me to get into it because we have no idea what's going on with his contract. <laughs> right. But what you've now watched him game in and game out for years. What is his true impact on a defense? He's Mr. Takeaway. Mm. And and I, by that I mean he studies quarterbacks and the way they move in the pocket and out of the pocket. And depending on where the ball is in their possession, whether it's up or down, he uses one hand or the other. I mean, he is a scientist when it comes to getting to the quarterback and getting uh, the ball separated. So to me, I, I call him Mr. Turnover. What's interesting is Ben Roethlisberger made his comment about T.J. Watt. Cam Hayward made his comment about T.J. Watt. That tells me a lot about T.J. Watt, the man, that he's got that kind of backup from the stars on the team. Yes. Um, Well, they admire his motor. Um, Yeah. I, I can only describe it as relentless. I mean, he just never stops. And uh, to me, that's a gift. It's a gift that uh, God gave him. It's a gift that uh, he utilizes. And and even though he gets blocked initially, even though he gets bumped off his route to the quarterback, he never gives up. And believe me, that's a lesson in football. I don't care what position you play. When you look out at the two kids that we'll get a long look at on Sunday, Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth. What have been your thoughts on each to this point? Najee is a complete football player. Uh, he'll help Agreed. in the passing game. Uh, his running ability is uncanny. He can make you miss or he can run over you. Uh, and also, you know, that extra dimension that he has, he's great in the locker room. Uh, and I like that uh, mature approach to this game. Firemouth, uh, I call him I call him Heath Miller Jr. Uh, yeah. because he's adept at catching the football, and I haven't seen him drop any. And also, you know, he's willing to stick his nose in and do the blocking when when it's necessary. Um, and I, I just think his future is uh, his future is unlimited, and and that's a good thing. I hope he becomes Heath Miller. I really do. Yeah, it'd yeah, be great if he could because Heath Miller was incredibly special. Uh, ben Roethlisberger was able to get into two series, of which he threw the two touchdown passes to Pat in those two series. But at least he got two series in. Did you like the fact that he was able to get some time while other teams have decided not to play their guy? Yeah, um, you know, um, this is for Ben a, a bit of a new offense. Uh, Matt Canada is a little bit different than uh, Randy uh, was in the past. But, uh, you know, so it's all always it's always good to see a veteran embrace the fact that something is new. He recognizes that, and then he's able to step in and excel in the new offense. And what I saw from Ben, well, it, I expect it from Ben. You build around your strengths. And so when you look at the Steelers, what's your initial impression of what do you think the strengths are that they can build upon as the season goes? 
Um, I think the offense will improve because they'll run the ball better, and I think the defense is deeper and perhaps faster than it was last year. Uh, and so, you know, I have no qualms about this team uh, being a contender. Uh, all offseason we've heard, oh, Cleveland's done this, Ravens have done that. Uh, but, you know, I, I like the fact that the Steelers are, by and large, being overlooked by the prognosticators and uh, the fact that they picked them third in the division. If they're third, it'll be by one game. Believe me, they'll contend. Uh, see, I'm with you all the way. I completely agree with you, with Bill. I think the Steelers are a lot better than people realize along the way. And I think it's going to be proven out, obviously, over time. But I, I'm with you. I think they're actually a lot better than people realize. I think they're giving a couple of other people along the way a little bit too much credit. Yes. Um, in the case of Cleveland, you know, Baker Mayfield, he's got a great upside. Uh, but uh, to this moment, he has not learned how to win. And I believe there's a lot to that. You have to learn how to win in this league. And it's easier said than done. And, and, and in the case of Baltimore, uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, what a great player. Uh, but uh, I don't know that he has won the big game yet. And until you do that in this league, until you win the big game, uh, you haven't proven anything. I, I totally agree with you. And that now takes me to Buffalo. Buffalo did get to the AFC Championship game last year. It's a process as to where they're going, but they did get there. Uh, I have to ask you, like when you look at Buffalo, is is this a team that is in that category of still a lot to prove? Well, sure, absolutely. And, um, you know, in the case of Josh Allen, I mean, this guy, again, an upside is tremendous. The sky's the limit. Uh, but uh, in a manner uh, of speaking, they have made him a franchise quarterback. Uh, he still has to prove that he's a franchise quarterback. Believe me, and he can be a great one. Uh, but he still has to do it. And, and I think, you know, the proof is in the pudding. You have to do it. All right. Now I want to get very quickly to get a quick uh, question in about Pitt because you just talked about quarterbacks. Pitt's got a beauty in Kenny Pickett. I am a big Kenny Pickett guy. Have been that for a while. Uh, this matchup with Tennessee coming up on Saturday, Bill, I think this is, to me, it's a golden opportunity for Pitt. How do you view the matchup? I do, and I looked at the stats this morning as I did my charts, and I see a better balanced offense than Tennessee has. You know, interestingly, Josh Heupel, and I saw him with UCF, didn't hesitate to throw the ball down the field. Uh, they didn't do that against Bowling Green. Well, they didn't need to. They rushed for over 300 yards. But still, uh, I think Pitt has a better balanced offense. This Pitt defense is Pat Narduzzi's defense. He finally has his defense. He's got depth up front with talent. He's got speed on the back end with depth. And this defense can control games. And, uh, you know, okay, it, as you well know, uh, ex with the exception of Penn State, you know, they had a tough opener. Uh, opening games can be misleading and deceiving because you're not sure about the other team. Uh, but what I see, and I've seen it in the preseason, I saw it in the spring, uh, this defense can control games. And I think that's going to be their, their calling card. Uh, on top of the fact that Pickett, you know, Pickett is a veteran, 
Uh, he's been around a long time, uh, and if you take away his passing lanes, uh, he'll beat you with his feet. Uh, in fact, I'll give you uh, my experience in watching Pat Narduzzi defenses, and that would be with the number of games I did with Michigan State over the years. Bill, his his defenses had corners that were that could lock you up one on one, and it gave him the creative freedom with the other nine players, which then made it really a nightmare for offenses. Does he have that creative freedom now, based on the corners that he has? They fly to the ball. Steve, yeah. they fly to the ball, and and I, you know, to me, watching as much football as I've been privileged to watch over the years, uh, when defenses fly to the football, uh, bad things happen for the offense. Uh, I go back to the 1980 team. I remember a play uh, where Pitt played Kansas, I believe, and uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that's the year uh, with that great Pitt defense. And I remember. Uh, Kansas was trying to come out of their end zone. Uh, they first and ten at the three or the two, and there was a snap, and they uh, handed off to Nolan Cromwell. Well, he saw that the a gap was sealed, so he decided to bounce it. And the next thing you see are nine defensive players in the end zone after him. And these are the kind of things I see with the uh, Narduzzi defense, and, and it's all good. If you are a fan of defense, uh, you surely have to root for this one. Hugh Green, Ricky Jackson, and I remember also that same 1980 team, Carlton Williamson made a pick in the sideline in Beaver Stadium that put the game away. It was an incredible play. So, yeah, Yes, uh, you're, absolutely. You're, you're, you're giving and, me you know, that, Bill. that team, and uh, I'll see Jackie Sherrill this weekend. He'll be an honorary yes. captain uh, for the uh, John Majors Classic in Knoxville. Uh, I'll see him, and uh, I'll... Uh, uh, pat him on the back and say, you know, what a team you had in 1980. Uh, they didn't win the national championship, but there wasn't a better college football team I've ever seen. And it was beautifully announced, like everything else you do. My admiration for you is off the charts. Bill, thank you so much. So thrilled to know that voice is out there on Saturdays and Sundays. Thank you, Steve. And likewise to you, good luck with the season. Uh, I think Penn State's off to a good start, and you guys should have a lot of fun. But uh, I really think the Panthers are a surprise team in the ACC, and let's hope they can prove it. Yep, I think they're going to, too. Bill, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Talk to you soon, Steve. The great Bill Hillgrove. We'll come back with more in a moment. little Yankee news to pass along. Oh, boy, I didn't even see this. In a moment, on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all 
applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Well, Jamison Tyone is now on the 10-day IL. Oh, that's just great. What the issue is, I don't know. And, of course, Garrett Cole left with a hamstring issue the other day, so, eh, great. He's day-to-day, but then again, aren't we all? Uh, so, um... Exactly. The pro- the big problem they've got right now is they don't match up with Toronto. Uh, Toronto's playing terrific baseball. The Yankees don't match up well with them. Nope. And uh, and they still end. You know, and we talked about how easy the Yankee schedule is. The problem is they've still got more games with Toronto. I think Toronto's the biggest threat to the Yankees in terms of getting to the playoffs. They single-handedly might hold them back, and now they're only a game and a half well, back may, from yeah, the second wild card them. spot. Yeah, they exactly. may pass them. That's the issue. Yep. Uh, Novak Djokovic, by the way, did advance to the semifinals of the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open has done a terrible job in this situation when it comes to Novak Djokovic. He should be 8 o'clock, prime time, every every single time he goes out there on center court. 8 o'clock, prime time, every time. There have been times where he's taken the court at 10 45, 11 o'clock at night. Who that? And number one, that's not good for him. Number two, that's the, yeah, you can't build an audience if, if the biggest single story of your, of your event is only being seen in Nevada. I'm not staying, I'm not staying up late to watch that. And I believe you played this afternoon, right? But my goodness. He should be 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock, prime time, every single time, locked in. Every time. No exception. He is the show. He's the show. He is trying to become the first person to win a Grand Slam in tennis since 1988. First man to try and do it since 1969. And they've got him playing all over the lot. Are you kidding me? Who sat down and thought this was a good idea? And not only that, the tournament has been, when you've had moments to watch it, all the tantrums and the craziness. I mean, really. I mean, the Carlos Alcatraz the other day, you know, he went through a tough five-setter, the whole thing. He's asked by Brad Gilbert, he's walking out, you know, after a tough five, oh, no, I'm ready to go. And then it's 3-1 down in the second set. He quits, he walks out. Like, well, what are we doing here? You got you got players taking extra long bathroom breaks. I realize you need a bathroom break, but my goodness, I mean, how much time are they spending there texting their coach? <laughs> Smashing rackets, throwing rackets, the whole thing. We're all supposed to be, you know, the family of four up there that paid a mint to be sitting in those seats. Oh, and then by the way, ten dollars for a bottle of water for each person. And that's, let's go get a bite to eat. That's another uh, 80 to $120, but that's okay. I'm going to take an extra long bathroom break. 
I don't owe that person anything. I'm going to walk off the court. I don't owe those people anything. I'm going to throw my racket around. I don't owe those people anything. You know, we have to get to the point where we have to always be understanding of the athlete, understanding the athlete. How about the athlete understanding the fan who's paying the money to see him? Hey, you're the one making the extra step. You could have stayed at home. I mean, we have to always, well, we got to be, you know, we can't play him right now. It's load management. Oh, yeah, well, okay, the family of four, you know, guess what their load management's going to be? Their load management's going to be for the next 82 regular season games. They're not going. That's my load management. And guess what? You know, the U.S. Open, my load management. You know, you have to understand how I feel about things. Okay, you understand that I'm not going anymore. Okay, that's load management. I don't know how you feel, Matt, but I'm just kind of, you know, we have to always be very understanding of athletes. And I'm as, believe me, I'm as sympathetic to athletes as anybody. Everybody knows who's listened to me for 40 years, I am. But I'm seeing some athletes on the professional level that are taking it to an nth degree where they just act like they don't give a darn about the people who paid money, good money, to get into these events. 100%. When they have other other choices. Now, conversely, the fan has to treat the athlete with respect. You can't be constantly on this Twitter stuff and attacking people on Twitter and things. You can't be doing that. But my advice to athletes is don't go on Twitter. But I guess they make money from doing it, so they continue to do it. Now, the people who attack others on Twitter, had no respect for them at all. And I understand exactly where the athlete is coming from in that regard. But when it comes to showing up and and doing your deal in front of the fans, realize how much that fan paid to be there. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory, the best. Fabulous pre-owned inventory, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee, all at Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf. Reginald Walker joins us on the show tomorrow to talk about Penn State football. Also, tomorrow the king. It's all in tomorrow's edition from 3 to 5. How did these standings work out from last week? Did Matt quit? <laughs> he quit? <laughs> May have. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, we'll be predicting games tomorrow and so forth. So that is tomorrow's show. Oh. We got all sorts of communication problems here. All right. Okay. So, um, great to have you with us on the show today, and Reginald Walker tomorrow, and also uh, the King on tomorrow's show. And we'll do our predictions. Now, tonight the opener is Tampa Bay and uh, 
Dallas. We do not know what to think of Dak Prescott. He didn't play a single down in the preseason at all. And I don't know about any of you. I don't recall any practice reports about him either. And that is, you know, so it'll be a mystery. All I know is that I'll have my feet propped up at 820 tonight for NBC. Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth. Set to go Michelle Tafoya. It's all coming up tonight at 820. Then tomorrow night we'll have Shikolami football at home with Mount Carmel. 7 o'clock the kick, 6.30 the airtime with Kevo and the Chief. Also, Danville at Lewisburg on 100.9, the Valley Sealands Grove at Shemokin Saturday at 1 at Eagle 107. And uh, also coming up Saturday, it'll be Villanova taking on Bucknell. I believe that game is at 6 on Saturday with Doug and Kevo. So that's the, and then of course we have Penn State football Saturday. At least, uh, less, uh, at least I forget. Three <laughs> thirty, the kickoff, and Jack and I will be on, beginning at two o'clock on Saturday. So it is a huge weekend for football, football, and lots of football. High school, college, pros. Steelers uh, 100.9 in the Valley. Eagles on Eagles on uh, Eagle 107. Got a lot going on. Uh, let's see. Alex Highsmith, by the way, for the Steelers did not practice today. Um, limited with a groin injury. Howie Roseman made some comments about Carson Wentz. He said basically that the Eagles love their quarterback. But they needed their backup in all four of his playoff games. And he, they said in the end, that's what they felt was one of the reasons they just dealt him, they, you know, that he'd go through the season and could not make it all the way through. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Sidney Crosby, wrist surgery. He's out six weeks. Crosby has been playing through this injury for years. Crosby always plays through injuries. So I think he just got to the point where he looked around and said, look, I can't do this anymore. I I need to have the surgery. So he did. Uh, Let's see. John Scott Jr. I really like John. I finally really have had a chance to get to know John a little bit this season and just really like him. Uh, He is going to be like everybody else on Saturday. Going into the Beaver, he has never coached a game at Beaver Stadium. And there, there are other coaches that fall into this category. Phil Troutwine hasn't. Taylor Stubblefield's played there, but he hasn't coached in there. It's interesting. Anthony Poindexter? Yep, same story. Uh, let's see. He was asked about Kazai Izzard. He says, we like how he's progressing. He was asked about Arnold Abicati. He says, I recall the first time he went one-on-one versus our guys in full pads. It was impressive. Jesse Lucetta. So Jesse always comes down and works with myself along with Coach Dion Barnes. He looks like he like the uh, defensive ends here that we've had. He was all for whatever helped the team. He just brings all that value. Lucetta's a leader, too, on this team. 
Uh, Fatorma Molba, number 55, one of the kids. Probably one of the strongest guys in our group. We're going to need all those guys. He also specifically mentioned, and should have, the development of Devon Ellis. Devon Ellis has been very good. So that was John Scott Jr. today talking about how everything's progressed on the defensive front. Also last night, Jahan Dotson was asked about Winston Eubanks, the transfer from Shippensburg. Quote, he's played a major role for this team. He knows every position. He's a guy we're going to need. Accurate. Accurate. Also, if you're going to an NFL stadium, this is what to expect. Cashless. 29 of the 30 NFL stadiums will be fully cashless this season. The lone exception will be Soldier Field, which will have a few concession areas that still take cash. Just three years ago, everyone sat back and went, the Atlanta Falcons are going completely cashless. You can't walk up and give them a bill. Now everybody does. And you're saying 30 NFL stadiums are 32 teams. Jets and Giants share MetLife. Chargers and Rams share SoFi. So there's 30 NFL stadiums. But if you go to an NFL game, don't bother bringing cash. Texas coach Steve Sarkeesian says he plans to play backup quarterback Casey Thompson in addition to starter Hudson Card on Saturday against Arkansas. They both did play in the opener over Louisiana. Thompson got into the game late in the third quarter, finished the game. And Sarkeesian says he has no timetable about what to do with his quarterbacks. Okay, so there's just a couple of news and notes for you at this point. Uh, Phillies find themselves a couple games back in the East and three back in the wild card. Uh, Bryce Harper, by the way, has been just outstanding since the All-Star break. Outstanding. More extra base hits than anybody, just playing, uh, playing like a real star. Now let's get to the uh, my thoughts on the on the college football playoff. I want to get to that in the final segment here. I think everyone knows how I feel about it. But let me add to it that about the archaic thinking and the excuses. So let's start with the excuses. This always happens in college football more than any other sport I have seen. And there's one that comes out more than anything else. One excuse that comes out more than any other in college football. Well, you know, the academic side of it, blah, blah, blah. Yo, whoa. When they were talking about going to a 14 playoff, the academic side came out. I sat back and went, what are you talking about? Hey, stop acting like everybody is stupid. These games, for the vast majority of them, will be played during term break. So again, that old, tired argument, which I talked about repeatedly 30 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever, I always said the same thing. It's during term break. Stop acting like we're stupid. Classes end the first week of December, for goodness sakes. 
They don't start up again until, what, nine days into January. The vast majority of this thing will be played with, with on term break. No classes missed. Done. Next. Well, you might have somebody play 17 games. Yeah, you might. In all likelihood, no. Most times, it usually will end up being, because of the way the buy system works, many times it will be 16, maybe once in a while a team will play 17. But you never hear anybody, anybody, complain or write articles about the 16 games they play in high school to win a championship. Never. Oh, college is warping toward an NFL schedule. High schools play more games now than college teams. Not the regular season, but when you start to get to the playoffs. High school programs that are in the playoffs usually are playing 16 games when it's all said and done. That's more games than a college team plays. Are you kidding me? You never hear anybody talk about that. So you can play. It's okay to play 16 games in high school. Obviously, it's okay to play how many games in the NFL. They're pros. But in college, you can't do that? You can't have two teams play 17 games? Really? They're older, better conditioned? So that argument's out. Now let's get to archaic thinking. This is not a knock at all on Don Cannon, the legendary athletic director at, at Michigan. Don was a great athletic director. Everybody will tell you that. But I'm watching the ESPN 150 last night. You know, I like watching the reruns of this documentary because it's just so well done. Boy, whoever put that together really, really knew what they were doing. Wow. I mean, they put a lot of work in to find all this footage. A lot of work. So, last night the episode I watched was on television and the influence on the college game. So there is, you know, they're showing, I wish they'd shown TV quarterbacks. And, of course, we know how Joe sort of gets treated in this thing. It's it's wrong. It's unfair. It's just stupid and archaic on ESPN's part. But that's another story. The rest of the series, I will not knock. The rest of the series is brilliant with every letter capitalized. It's brilliant. But they're showing Bear Bryant on his show in Alabama. Sponsored by Coca-Cola and Golden Flakes cereal. And, of course, Bear is mumbling his way through. But it's the most watched show in Alabama. Because, obviously, back then you had radio... And Alabama would be on TV a couple of times a season. The Auburn game always was on. Maybe one other time, and then a bowl game. That was it. The other games, you needed radio, or you needed to see it on that. You needed to see it on the replay the next day. And that's the way it was with TV quarterbacks. Same thing. Fram would sit down with Joe. Jim Tarman would be there. They'd have a player guest. And they'd show all the highlights from the day before. I was like you. I was in college at the time in uh, in Dallas, Pennsylvania, going to the Lehman campus, the Wilkes-Barre campus of Penn State. And I'm watching TV quarterbacks every single Sunday on WVIA. 
You know, because I'd be listening to the game on Saturday, and the once or twice they'd be on TV. Boom, they, they play, I remember they played Ohio State in '76. That game was on TV. There was a pit game later in the year that was on TV, and then they played the Gator Bowl. So three times, Penn State was on. All the other games were radio, and you had to watch TV quarterbacks. That's the way it was. Notre Dame highlights. Ah, uh, I just I'm tugging at the heartstrings, Mercy. <laughs> My brother and I grew up in New England, and so we didn't get TV quarterbacks in New England. It was on public TV in Pennsylvania. But when we were kids in the 60s, early 70s, Sunday morning, 11 a.m., Lindsey Nelson, George Conner, Lindsey Nelson, Paul Horning, Notre Dame highlights. We now move to further action. After an exchange of punts, Notre Dame takes over in their own territory. And that's how you watched it. Now let's get, okay, so that NCAA controlled everything. Now let's get to the archaic thinking part and apply it to now with the 12-team playoff. In this documentary, brilliantly done, Don Canham is talking about, well, if every game's on TV, it's going to affect our gate. I don't want to have that happen. We get $8 million a year from our gate here at Michigan, and we need to keep that $8 million. Okay. The, th- the fear was that TV would take away from people going to stadiums. And back in the early 80s, I was, I was doing this show in another form back then. And the, and that was the fear. And I, I, my thought process was every time I see these games on TV, you're seeing the game. The excitement, the players, the band, the cheerleaders, uh, the atmosphere, everything. It made you want to go. So I took the opposite opinion. I thought it was the progressive way to get college football out there. Now the 12-team playoff. Don't let archaic thinking get in the way of progress for the game. The game needs to grow. You need to be like the NCAA tournament hitting all corners of the country. I don't care if Texas and Oklahoma went to the SEC. Whoop-de-doo, good for them. Great for the SEC. Have confidence in your product. Take the viewpoint that, okay, we can get Penn State in. We can get Ohio State in. We might be able to get Wisconsin or Michigan in. Take that thought. Take that approach. Attack the attack this deal with confidence, not from the fetal position. I don't know. Texas and Oklahoma went. They might, you know, they might get six of the at-large teams to get all the way. Stop it. Have confidence in what you're doing. When they play in the SEC, guess what's going to happen every week? When they play SEC games, seven out of the fourteen teams are going to lose. Does anybody take that into account? You need to grow the game. And you can't keep coming up with excuses not to do it. Well, it may interfere with with, with schoolwork. They're in turn break. Well, play they may play 17 games. High schools play 16 to get to their champion. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas went, what? In other words, what? They're so good that your product's now totally inferior? That's the confidence level you're showing in your own product, in your own conference? Really? 
If that's how you feel, my, my I have one word for you. Resign. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. No offense. White chocolate actually is pretty good. <laughs> All right. I always, when I hear reactions to a proposal, I don't want to see fear in the eye in the eyes of people who are involved in it. You need to have confidence in your product that you have in the field. And all I'm seeing a cry, well, I don't know if I want to do this. It's going to be so. Really, get better. I mean, for the Pac-12, I mean, you'd still, you wouldn't have had anybody in last year. None, zero. And the Pac-12 just went through a six and six weekend. Six and six. Washington lost to Montana. They only scored. What I was at finals with thirteen seven or something like that. They got to play Michigan this week. Oregon was a little up and down, but they finally beat Fresno. Fresno's actually pretty good. I think the people don't give Fresno enough credit. But they got Ohio State this week. So the Pac-12 commissioner's balking at, I don't know if we ought to go to 12 teams. Man, you need 12 teams. You need all the room you can get to get one in. Have some, I mean, the Big Ten should be pushing for this. In 2016, Penn State would have had an automatic and would have been a top four. Ohio State, Michigan, and Wisconsin all would have made it. That's the approach you need to take and the attitude you need to have. You can't just sit there and cower to somebody else. And you can't have a broadcaster giving you a pep talk about it. Yeah. Oh, what has hurt college football more often than not is archaic thinking and a far too cautious approach. And it's such a great game. Ugh. You can make it better. And you can make it better by getting out of the way. Tomorrow, Reginald Walker on the show, the king on the show. Great to have you with us here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.